Well, good evening, everyone. Good to see you out uh, this evening. And I wondered if we could um, turn in our Bibles just to a couple of passages here. Um, I want to read from Genesis uh, chapter 5. And uh, verse uh, 21, Genesis 5 and 21. And Enoch lived uh, sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch, Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty-five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him uh, to Genesis chapter 18. And verse 19. This is the Lord speaking, and he says this, For I know him, speaking of Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And then finally, over into the New Testament to Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. And just going to put this together, hopefully here. Luke's Gospel and uh, chapter 18. And uh, just speaking of uh, one verse here. Uh, We'll read a couple. Uh, Verse uh, 15, Luke 18 and 15. And they brought unto him also infants that they would, uh, that he would touch them. Uh, But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, God, tonight again, thanking you, Father, in advance for what you will do even in this meeting. We know that thy word is truth, and, Father, we thank you for it. We thank you, Father, for the fact that we can open it and enjoy it and read it and study it and meditate upon it. Uh, Father, and, uh, Lord, I just pray for each and every one that has come tonight as we touch on this uh, subject of uh, raising children for Christ. Father, I I just uh, pray that, Father, you would just uh, speak to hearts here today. Father, that you would use this time and these thoughts that you have given me, O God, from thy word. Lord, that that we just uh, be able to share share them clearly. And, uh, Father, we just thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. What... Uh, will hinder children from coming and living for Christ. That's the uh, topic tonight. I started off by reading uh, Genesis chapter 5 because it's interesting there when you, uh, you read about um, the conversion of um, Enoch. Enoch started something. And I don't know about you, where you're at, or whatever. I, I, I think I know some of the stories here. But I'm a first-generation Christian. Saved um, 
I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I can't say this for sure, obviously. Uh, when you look at our family tree, my dad spent uh, quite a bit of money and, uh, before he died, and I, I have the, uh, the plaques on the wall of the uh, Martin family traced back to uh, 15, the 1500s in France. And uh, I don't know for sure, but I know the culture that I was brought up in, the religion that I was brought up in, uh, that uh, I knew about my grandparents, and certainly uh, many generations before that were steeped in religion. And as far as I know, uh, in my ancestry, as far as I know, there was no one that knew Jesus Christ in a personal way. I, that's why I read Enoch this morning, because you, you would never get Noah. Three generations later, there's Enoch. He has a conversion uh, with the birth of his son, Methuselah. And uh, Enoch walked with God, Methuselah, uh, as we well know, the longest living uh, individual in, in human history. And because of that, because of God's grace, uh, God didn't want to bring judgment. Uh, he was patient. God's still patient today. Uh, when will his patience run out? I don't know. But, um, um, uh, and then you got Lamech, Methuselah's son, and then you got Noah. And, um, one thing for sure, there's no guarantees in this world. And there's no guarantees, uh, even if you're the most godly parents around, that your children are going to necessarily uh, uh, live and accept Christ and go on for the Lord. That is not a guarantee. God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. And even children have to make up their mind. But I say, uh, for, and I don't say it, but Scripture tells us that we ought to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. That's what Scripture tells us. And uh, I want to draw upon Scripture tonight and using the phrase that the Lord Jesus used, suffer not or hinder not children from coming to the Lord. Because as parents, as grandparents, um, we have a huge responsibility in uh, bringing up our children in the things of the Lord. What would hinder them? Let's look at that tonight. Let's look at seven things tonight. That I, You know, I, I tell you how I, I came to this. It was last Sunday when I was here um, watching those little kids... It just melts my heart to see uh, the kids in this little uh, in this assembly going up and and uh, and uh, memor with their memory verses. You know, um, I don't know, uh, but I travel quite a bit in in, in North uh, North America and, and preaching. Uh, I tell you, folks, what's going on in this assembly? It is rare. Enjoy it. It's a huge responsibility. Elders, I speak to you personally. It's a huge responsibility. 
You know, we have a very similar situation going on where I live, in Sudbury, Ontario. Uh, we have 50 children under the age of 10 years old in our Sunday school. Now that, again, in the assemblies, is a rare thing. It's a blessing, but it's also a huge responsibility. But I want to talk to individuals here tonight. I want to talk to you parents and um, um, uh, soon-to-be parents, right? I think there's a virus going around here in uh, Florida, South Florida, because uh, there's so many uh, pregnancies, right? Isn't that a beautiful thing, though? And that's exactly what God uh, would have happened. But there's a responsibility, right, that goes with that. So, seven things that would hinder, and I, 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 I will bring in tonight uh, case histories. I, I, when I, uh, I, I travel a lot doing uh, seminars and conferences in, in my field, in the nutrition field. And um, I, I always bring case histories. Uh, because people are fascinated. They can attach to, uh, they can identify with uh, real case histories of, of people going through, you know, trials in their health or whatever, right? And uh, they're always interesting. That's what I want to do tonight. I want to bring case histories. Some of those case histories, by the way, will come from the Scriptures. They'll come from the Scriptures. But some will come from my personal um, Interaction with other Christians. So the first thing that would uh, would um, would hinder children from coming to Christ is if uh, if parents are chasing the wind. Isn't it ironic that the wisest person perhaps that ever lived, apart from the Lord Jesus, of course, was Solomon. I love the writings of Solomon. I really do. I mean, I have been studying uh, and, and really enjoyed uh, doing a... I've probably done in the last uh, two months over six messages on the book of Proverbs. And uh, just enjoying uh, that so much and just going over and over it again. But isn't it ironic that Solomon, one of the wisest men in the world, had a fool for a son? Rehoboam was a fool. And um, case history. Now, I'm going to put a disclaimer on this because I might get to heaven and I'm going to get uh, straightened out. Uh, maybe by Solomon and uh, maybe by the Lord himself. Like, Tony, uh, what you said wasn't exactly right. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm putting a disclaimer on what I'm saying. In a sense that I don't know exactly, but we know, one thing we know from Scripture, right? Is that these things are in the Old Testament are for us as what? Examples. Examples. And, and, and we get examples more in the Old Testament than even in the New about parenting. So let me bring you, um, if a parent who was chasing the wind... We read all about it in the book of Ecclesiastes, right? It's chasing the wind. Here's Solomon at near the end of his life, we think, when he wrote this. And uh, he talks about chasing the wind. 
living for this world, not the next. Parents, can I share something with you? Children, they may be sitting here tonight, and uh, you might think that they're just small, but I'm going to tell you something about children. They're very, very smart. They can smell phoniness more than they can smell anything else. And I don't know what happened to Rehoboam per se, but I want to tell you that he was brought up in a situation where his father was chasing the wind, who spent an enormous amount of years, unlike his father, David, and that was living for this world and not the next. The result, perhaps, is Rehoboam, a fool. Folks, you can't have hypocrisy in your home. You can't be here on Sunday and be uh, dressed up, um, looking good, smile on your face, but you live another life at home the other six days. You know what? Your kids will smell that out. I love what um, um, I just Joshua. See, remember the dementia I was talking about this morning. Joshua said this: "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." Brothers and sisters in Christ, Joshua meant it, and you better mean it too, because if you don't mean it. And there is any different kind of vibration that is coming out of that home other than, as for me and this house, we will serve the Lord. I tell you, your kids are going to go almost invariably in the wrong direction. It is tough enough, isn't it, parents? Isn't it tough enough just raising kids when everything is, you know, you're on the same page and all these things? Listen. As I said this morning, when it came to trials, we have an enemy. And I'll tell you, you have an enemy. Your family has an enemy. And he will do everything to trip up your home. Because really, the home, the home is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to true Christianity. Not here. We'll talk about here in a minute. This is an important place. But when it comes to raising your children, and you don't want to hinder them, the most important place is going to be at your home. And your kids need to know uh, that um, you mean business, that God's first. Now I'm going to give you a case history of a guy that was in... Uh, my presence, when I got on my knees on October the 14th in 1982 in Timmins, Ontario, Canada, I got on my knees and I accepted Jesus Christ in my life. There was two men beside me. And uh, they, were, they were there to pray for me. They were old high school friends that uh, had come to know Christ. 
and uh, were shocked that I was even interested. And I was at one of those guys' houses, and I got on my knees, and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. And, and one of the guys there who was a, a, a mountain of a man, physically, but also spiritually, was uh, uh, within a few years became an elder in the assembly in which I, 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 I was like a little baby in Christ. I used to go to his office on, on Friday afternoons uh, when I didn't have any patience, and I go to his office and we take out the Bible, and, and he would teach me from the, I was just a baby. I knew nothing. Uh, he gave me my first Bible and uh, wrote his name in it and, you know, was a dear friend. I tell you what, folks, today that man is a shipwreck. That man is a shipwreck because he was like Solomon. He started, he was a very, very successful businessman. Uh, today a multi-millionaire. But he, he you know, he... He, he got away from the things of God, got too busy, got, got involved in, in business, and, and, and just slowly it, 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 he started to uh, forsake the assembly. And, you know, uh, 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 the, the custom of, uh, of assembling together, he started to slowly drift off and drift away. I can tell you something today, folks. I'll tell you what. His children today are grown adults, and you know what they are? They're pagans. They're pagans. Uh, they're pagans. The, the hindrance, that man, and I believe he's saved. I don't believe that, uh, you know, I believe in eternal security. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I believe he's saved. He's certainly not living like he's saved today. Uh, it's not, me to, uh, not for me to judge that. But I believe that uh, my friend Don will be in heaven. To, uh, I, I'm almost sure, and his wife had a major influence on bringing Rosie to the Lord. And today, you can't speak Jesus around them anymore. But I tell you, it's not only that, folks. It's where their kids are at. It's where their children are at today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Secondly, so the first one is, you can't be chasing the wind. You cannot put your, uh, your eggs in this basket of the world and expect your kids uh, to turn out for Christ. You should not hitch your wagon to this world. And oftentimes Christians do at the expense of their children coming to Christ. Are living for Christ. Secondly, a lack of discipline. A lack of discipline. Last sat no two Saturdays ago, I was speaking at a at a conference in uh, Toronto, not a Christian conference, but um, uh, a medical conference. And um, Rosie and I, we had a break after I spoke, and uh, we went to the local mall, you know, just uh, in Toronto, and. Um, we, we were walking around, and, and this uh, mother comes up with a child. The child, I would say, four, maybe five, punched her mother ten times in the gut. Like, I, great right hand, by the way. Like, boom, 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 ten times. I counted ten. And uh, the mother thought she was a lawyer. 
because she was into negotiations with the kid. Right? Like, you don't do that again. Please don't hit me again. Boom! You know? Folks, listen. We got to be careful when we're raising children for the Lord that we apply discipline. Now, the world is creeping into our homes. And that is, you talk to a lot of Christians, and I have, who do not believe at all in, in uh, that form of discipline, meaning the old... Uh, the old uh, yeah. Look. My son often introduces me uh, when we speak together at events, and he'll say, my dad is the only guy I know with a built-in microphone. Okay, in his, in his voice box. Folks, I use that to great advantage with my kids. Like, I often didn't have to give them a licking, but I used to get my voice up to a certain pitch, and they knew if they go a little bit further, they were in deep trouble, big time. You know, kids need that. They need that. You know, they get the temper tantrums, and uh, then you go into negotiations. One, two, and you're at 102, 103. I mean, come on! And you know, a good little, uh, you know, if I grabbed you, I, I always tell people, look, if you can't handle it, give them to me. I'll get that little kid uh, straightened out in no time at all, right? I mean, just a little come here. Like I, I used to do it in Sunday school. They put me with the two worst kids in the universe. I mean it. They said, Tony, you're the only one who can handle those boys. You know? And uh, today they're still going on for the Lord. They had no parents. They had no rules. They had no nothing. And I took the little guy. And I, I, and I was, they loved me. But oh boy, don't cross that line. Don't cross that line. Because you were going to be in trouble with me. Folks, what is, what's wrong with us? Can I bring you a case history? Can I bring you a case history from the scriptures? Eli. You remember Eli? Eli had a couple of rebels. that The Bible actually says they were scoundrels. You know what a scoundrel is? It's a rebellious fool. There's, there's three types of fools in, in, in the uh, book of Proverbs. There's the fool... There is the simple fool, and there's the scoundrel fool. And if you go and divide the book, really, and that's what I'm telling you I've been enjoying, I, I actually was going to preach on it this morning. But uh, uh, just bringing out, like there's, there's four categories of people in, uh, in, in the uh, book of Proverbs. The wise, and then you have those three types of fools. And the, the whole book of Proverbs, is, is, is you can fit every verse, really, into those four categories. There's a, lot, there's a lot said about a fool. And Eli, here's what the Bible says. His, his sons were fools. They were rebels. They did their own thing. And you know what? God took Eli to task over that. He laid the responsibility of those boys right in daddy's lap. That's what happened. 
Because God said, you know what, Eli? You love those boys more than you love me. And I can tell you that's a case history in the Bible. Scoundrels, rebels. I tell you what, folks. If you don't want to discipline your children, you are likely to get a rebel. Someone who thinks, kids who think, that the world evolves around them. They will not serve other people. They're going to be into a theology. It's called meology. It'll all be about them. I tell you, folks, the Bible is very clear. Spare not the rod. You know, I know I, you might, uh, uh, you know, you might send me off to the children's aid. I don't know if you call that down here, what we call it in Canada. You know, I, I'm not saying you got to be uh, violent. But what no isn't negotiable. It's uh, no. Right? Uh, kids need that. You know, I don't know too much about pets, but pets that are wandering out on the street. I, 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 by the way, I was driving up here, uh, uh, coming down from Hollywood uh, to here tonight. I saw two dead cats on the, on the road tonight. Those cats didn't have any rules. <laughs> they just wandered. They did everything they felt like. Like if they're somebody's pet, they should have some rules for their safety. And I said, you know what? You're not going to go running across the Hollywood Boulevard here or whatever we call it in Pines, uh, Pembroke Pines, when it switches into what? Pines. There you go. Very innovative. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> A lack of discipline. If the Bible says, by the way, the book of Proverbs says this, in several different places, by the way, you are a fool, parent. Listen. You are a fool if you do not discipline your children. You're a fool. How do you like that? You're going to get fools for kids, but you're a fool if you don't discipline them. They need rules. Kids are much happier with rules. Kids that are... Uh, uh, let me give you another case history. I introduced you last week to my parents and the Lord. The guy that was sitting beside me on last Sunday morning and his dear wife, Gloria, uh, who we uh, sang happy birthday to, those are my parents and the Lord because of those people... Uh, they shared the gospel with me. But, no discipline in the home. I can tell you, can I tell you about their kids? They're pagans. They got three, and their grandchildren. Their grandson has left his home, and is now living with John and Gloria. No discipline. No rules. Ah, uh, the kid, you know. The kid gets what he wants. Folks, I tell you, you want to hinder someone from coming to Christ? Then don't discipline them. And you'll see what you'll get. Lack of discipline. Um, you know, um, I'm just throwing this out there, okay, for, for your uh, thinking. Because we don't know. Maybe it's a question we'll find out when we get to heaven.
John the Baptist, parents, and Samson's parents. Any difference in the two? Not from what we read, right? Both, you know, were older. They, they shouldn't have been able to have children. They get a special vision, a special uh, visitation uh, from uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, at least in, in the case of Samson, a, a, a theophany, I'm sure. Uh, and, and, you know, your son is going to be someone special. And um, it happened with, with Samson, and it happened... It's a great study, by the way. Study those two characters. They're so similar. One, of course, in the Old Testament, and then the one... Uh, who is a, 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 the precursor to Christ. But folks, listen to me. One of them, and Samson's in, 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 the, in the Hall of Fame. So, again, Samson, I, I'm using this as an example, but Samson lived for another world, didn't he? Is it possible? I don't know this. So please, I'm just throwing it out there for your uh, sanctified imagination. Is it possible that John the Baptist's parents disciplined that boy? And Samson's parents didn't. Is it possible? I don't know if it's... It, it's certainly possible, but I don't know what happened there. But I'm using my experience to say that it's possible that that could have happened. Godly parents, folks. So don't get me wrong. Believe me. John the Baptist's parents were godly parents and so were Samson's. They were so grieved over Samson's, uh, you know, go get this girl for me. Well, isn't there someone uh, in, uh, in amongst the Jewish girls that, uh, you know, that you could marry? You know, uh, listen, maybe they never said no to that boy. I don't know. It's possible. A lack of discipline. Parents, by the way, when it comes to discipline and rules... You need, number three, if you're not on the same page, you're going to have trouble. And I can tell you case history after case history after case history. Let me tell you about John and Gloria. Now, Gloria is the tough one in that. Uh, we, we really spent a, a lot of time over the years with them. They're dear friends of ours. I love them dearly. Gloria is the tough one. John undoes everything. They're not on the same page, even with their grandson, who's a rebel, who's a dope addict. Living in their home. And he, he, he runs the house. It drives Gloria crazy. And I, I can give you case history after case history of people that I know. That one of the partners, one of the parents is, is ready to put their foot down and the other one undoes it. You know how many times I've heard that? I tell you, don't give... You know what? It's hard enough raising children. And kids don't need, have to have mixed messages. Rosie and I, by the grace of God, when we got saved, Rosie and I had this, um, what we did, and I just share this for, your, uh, for uh, something that you know, maybe you could do as parents. Rosie and I, every Friday night was date night for her and I. My kids knew it. My grandchildren know it today. Because Friday night, Rosie, that's for her and I. Kids are not allowed. Did you hear what I said? Now, we could talk about marriages here, but I'm not going to go there with marriages. But you guys, 
that don't date their wives, you're making a big mistake. And I don't care how many kids you have. You've got to have time for yourselves. But you know what we used to do? Rosie and I would go out Friday night, and uh, one of the things that we did was that we would get on the same page when it comes to our kids. Now, we had four kids, and every one of our children are different. You know that, right? I mean, listen, uh, if you don't believe in, um, in uh, DNA, uh, <laughs> just watch your kids. I mean, they come out of the same womb and yet can be completely different, right? So what we did on Friday nights, and we spent a lot of time uh, 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 just uh, getting on the same page when it comes to raising our kids. Rosie knew stuff that I didn't know about the kids. You know, mothers, they got instincts. They, they're, much, uh, they're much better than men are uh, for figuring where your kids are at. You know, husbands, we got to listen to that. And Rosie would tell me, well, this one's thinking this one and that. But we got involved and we got on the same page. And Rosie saw. Look at her. She's Italian. Her dad was in the mafia. But she saw. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm the tougher guy. But we balanced it out in our home. And Rosie... What she, you know, once we agreed on what we were going to do, we didn't undo that. And see, the kids, they knew, she would often say, and she hid behind this, wait till dad gets home. Wait till dad gets home. And we already knew what we were going to do, you know? Because she'd either call me at the office if there was something come up recently, or uh, we got on the same page. And, and, and mom and dad were singing from the same song sheet. That's important. So kids don't get mixed messages. Because they'll try. They will. So do you see what I'm saying? That's very important. That can hinder. I can tell you case histories, I'm telling you, where kids have been shipwrecked because the parents, one would discipline, the other one would undo it. Undo it. And uh, it can't happen. Fourthly, fourthly, set spiritual goals for your children. Children in the Bible are compared as arrows. They need to be shot, not just any place, they need to be shot at the target. What is the goals? You need to have spiritual goals. You know what? And I, I can say this honestly, and Rosie and I were on the same uh, page. Uh, what, you know what we wanted for our children? We wanted, uh, we wanted our children. It wasn't education. Not that I don't believe in education. I, I really do believe in education. Um, but it wasn't the first priority in our home. By the grace of God... We wanted our, our, our son to be a godly man. We wanted our son to marry a very strong Christian girl. And you know what? We got involved, even in their dating. How do you like that? I remember taking my son. I might have told you this story before. It was on my, my, the day that we were burying my mother. Where something had been bothering me about Tony Jr.'s relationship with this girl in our youth group. It bothered me. 
And Rosie and I had talked about it, and we were both grieved. And I said, I'm going to talk to him. And I didn't want to delay uh, because I had been praying about it. And uh, I was going to preach at my mother's funeral. I was under a lot of uh, pressure uh, in that sense. But I just felt I could not delay this any longer. And I took Tony Jr. out. We went for a car ride. And I said, son, listen to me. Our goal, your mother and I's goal for you, has always been that you become a man of God and I want to tell you that I'm proud of the way and, and the leadership that he showed even within the youth group was commendable and I was very positive towards that. I was the head of the youth group. <laughs> uh, but I said, son, listen to me. I wanted, my goal for you was that you married a woman like your mother. Nothing less. And the girl that you're going with now and you're getting serious with now is not for you. Is not for you. He didn't say anything at first. And, uh, you know, he made a little bit of excuses and things like that. And I said, son, I, I, I tell you, you need to make a decision here. And I'll pray that you will honor your, your mom and dad and obey them. Well, you know what? After I preached at my mother's funeral... My son came to me, crying like a, a baby. And he said, Dad, I promise you I will break off with that girl today. And he did. And he's a happily married. He's been married for almost 20 years now. 20? Huh? More. More already. <laughs> Come on, I'm not that old. Oh, my son's been married for 20 years. Wow, I can't get over that. Well, of course, he's got a son that's 18. Oh, anyway. You know, you know what I'm getting at, guys? You've got to have spiritual goals for your children. Like, you know, you need to raise up uh, boys for Christ. That they will become men. That, they will, that you, you show them the... the uh, it tells us in the Scriptures. It's a great goal, isn't it? For a boy to want, uh, uh, and a young man to want to be an elder. I, I did youth conferences for years. And I used to tell the girls, you girls. Quit social work dating. The more trouble the guy had, the more girl the girls seemed to be interested in him. I call that social work dating. I said, you're not a social worker. You should be looking for a young man that has a possibility of being an elder someday. That's who you want to be living with. Not the creep with all the problems. I used to be pretty popular in those days, you know with kids <laughs> but you know seriously we need to have goals for our children parents you want to raise up champions for Christ young ladies that will honor Christ and young men that will go on and live for Jesus that is ought to be our spiritual goals so often we you know we got a goal you know I'll tell you as a kid my dad had a my, remember I was I didn't brought up as a Christian, but my dad was my hero, and um, my goal was to play professional hockey. Seriously, and uh, my brother uh, played uh, professional hockey, and I figured if he does it, I'm doing it. And you know, my dad never said too much. Like I told you this morning. He came to me one day and said, you know what, son? 
you got to get that out of your head. You ain't going to make it. <laughs> You're not going to make a living playing hockey. Now, deep down inside, I knew he was right. Like Rosie said, if you only had legs, Tony, in sports, because I was pretty good in sports, you know, in baseball and hockey and, and, and you name it, I was good. Graduating athlete of the year in, in, in college. You know that? But I didn't have any legs. I wasn't fast enough. Okay? So, uh, my dad set me straight, right? Like, no, you're going to get an education. Do you hear what I'm saying? And he says, as long as I'm paying for it. Right? And folks, you know what? I was telling John last week, how do you handle your grandson? I said, you got to put rules down. John, you got to put rules down because... Uh, is he eating in your home? Yep. Well, then you just say, if you want to eat and you want to sleep, then you're going to follow rules. I, I don't know what's so complicated about that. You, you, otherwise, you don't get another meal. You're 14. You want, your, you want to just do what your own thing? Then bye-bye, lo. That's French for bye-bye, lo. <laughs> but goodbye. <laughs> like you can leave now. They'll come back. they got to eat. Right? They're teenagers. But folks, listen. Uh, You've got to set spiritual goals. Uh, and then, and I'm almost done. We need not discourage our kids either. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Fathers, now listen, fathers, this is for you. We're not to exacerbate our children. What does that mean? What does that mean? We're not to discourage our children. You know what? You know what? In, in Proverbs chapter 3, it tells us about the balanced person. The one who is uh, full of mercy and truth. Right? What does that mean? It's a balanced person. Truth. You're a man, men, of convictions. Right? You got convictions. As for me and my house... We are going to serve the Lord. But, listen, you also have to be full of mercy too. And that is, it's not just all rules. There's got to be, you know what? I, I've seen it. I can give you case history again. Of, of people, it's all rules. It's all do's, don't. You can't dress like this. You've got to have this. You've got to have that. You've got to... You gotta, and and they, they and the kids they, they walk and talk they're they're like uh, they're like sheep and they have hardly any personality and it's been driven out of them by their father they're uh, they're rigid and you know what there has to be a balance there and one of the things that I found is I you know I always wanted to be a hero to my kids I think that was a lofty goal for a father. That the, their daughters could say, that was a godly man, my father. And their son could say, that was a man of God there. You know, that's got to be a goal, Father, for you. And if you want to be a hero to kids, you cannot be too rigid. There's a time for discipline, absolutely. But there is a time for mercy. And there is a time for fun too, isn't there? And there is a time for laughing. Especially, you know what my kids, their favorite pastime is? Laughing at their father. They laugh at me. Everything I do is funny to them, right? And you know what? You better have a thick skin. 
And I don't mind them teasing because, you know what, I, I like that. I really do. I know they love me. And my grandchildren are doing it now to their grandfather. Oh, Grandpa, we know what you're like. You know? Yeah, yeah, I know. But we have fun with that. We enjoy it. You know, uh, Rosie and I, we, we, we sort of pinch ourselves because uh, our, our grandchildren want to go on holidays with us. I have fun with my kids. I have more I don't care about kids. It's the grandchildren I care about, right? I really enjoy them, big time. It's so much fun. Anyway, we need, uh, uh, and, and, and let me give you a case history here again, and this has happened, folks. So I'll give you a case history, and this is point uh, number uh, six. You can be too busy even in the things of the Lord. You can be too busy in the things of the Lord. I'm always, uh, I remember the first time I read uh, Mark's Gospel in chapter 5. You remember the man of the Gadarenes? Remember he was possessed and uh, God's, uh, Jesus Christ set him free? Remember that? It's a wonderful story. I remember the first time I read that story, I was struck by this one thing that Jesus said to him. You know what he said? Because do you know what that man of Gadarenes wanted to do? He wanted to follow the Lord. He said, Lord, where are you going? I'm going to follow you. You know what Jesus said to him? You go home. And you know what I say to you, parents? Listen to me. There will be a time for you. But when you're raising kids, listen to me. And I've seen it happen. I can give you at least three or four case histories of people that were too busy ministering to other people and they neglected their home. I've seen it happen. And those kids today, I can, I, 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 in my mind's eye, I'm looking at some of them in my mind's eye at this moment. And some of them are actually not even living for the Lord. And their parents were out on the mission field. You can get too busy in the things of the Lord and you can put some things. You know when, when he said to the man of Gadarenes, you know what? You go home and you tell your, <laughs> you tell your family what's happened to you. You know what, folks? We need, our first ministry is to our own children. And if you're a grandparent, to your grandchildren. Don't neglect that because sometimes we can do it even with the best of motives. The best of motives. You know what? I, that's, again, when the people, you know, I talk about the mission field, but it can be even work in the assembly. Be careful. Now, we need to get involved, obviously, but there has to be a balance. And the first priority is your kids. Your first priority. And then lastly, I'll finish with this. Be in fellowship in the local assembly. I, I tell you, the best discipline that I had as a baby Christian was that I got into fellowship in a hurry in a local assembly. I thank God for the men and women who nurtured me and nurtured my children. And nurtured my children. Rosie and I are thankful, even today, for the assembly that we were saved in. And that we fellowshiped in. And our kids rose up together with other kids in that assembly. I tell you folks, uh, 
That is an important thing. And you know what? Christianity is never meant to be lived as a lone ranger. You're not meant to be out there alone. And kids are very vulnerable if they don't understand that this place is a priority. The home, yes, but this place is a priority for children. They need to see other people. I can tell you of godly men and women that invested their lives into my children in the local assembly. And I thank God for them even today. Parents, bring your children to the assembly. And you know, when the, when the lights are on here and the elders have decided there's a meeting here, it's not a bad idea to come and bring your kids too. They get used to it. You know, they see that the priority is this place in mommy and daddy's life. I tell you folks, that is a great, great habit to get into. I can tell you that by experience. Let us pray. Father, we thank you again, O oh God, for this time. I thank you for these precious folks here tonight, Lord. I pray that some of these scattered thoughts that I've had, O oh God, would just uh, maybe be uh, a benefit to uh, some of the homes here that are represented here today, Father. Thank you, O oh God, for Jesus Christ. Father, we want our children. Father, if uh, the Lord uh, uh, tarries, uh, Father, that this place, whether it be in this building or somewhere else, would, Father, be in, in wonderful hands as the next generation comes, uh, Father. And we just pray that. We don't take it for granted, O oh God. I pray for individual homes. I know that Satan, Father, is after homes. He would, he would get parents, uh, Father, uh, not on the same page. And he, he is a divider. And, Father, we just pray you put a hedge of protection around every home, Father, that's represented here tonight. Father, I thank you again in advance of what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.